0: Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. It's going to be that kind of day. So I'm over here. Lou's over there. Hey there. And you can hear him now because he actually turned his microphone on.
1: (laughs) That's one (laughs) one way to keep me silent. That helps, doesn't it? (laughs) And we
0: are here to tell you that culture doesn't get to make the rules. And you may be wondering, if you were wondering about downloading this, Yes, the topic is the same as last week. We're basically picking up where we left off because this is the, uh, the argument du jour for the evangelical world right now is about how we interact with the culture. And you know what? I, I am here for that conversation. So to recap where we were last week, <laughs> we solved all of Western civilization's problems, Right.
1: <laughs> I think we started a fight as well. We we
0: Western civilization would be better if they would just listen to us. It, that might work. See, there you go. <clears throat> no, we, we, we were trying to point out, and, and I don't know how good of a job we do on all of these things, that you are stuck messing around with a sinful world, trying to figure out how to do it sinlessly. Good luck with that, right? And so you're stuck dealing in a world where you're supposed to have a higher standard and you are not supposed to. Surrender on any of your principles, but you do have to give something in certain aspects of this world. And if you can do that without selling your soul, then God bless you. Mm. If you can't, then don't. Sound like a good summary? Yes. So, all right. Where we're picking up this week, we're going to start off with a different passage because we're going to attack something from, we're going to attack the same issue from a different angle and see if we can bring even more clarity or confusion, depending on your point of view to it. Sound good? Sounds really good. So we are in Matthew 10. The section I started out reading is in verse 16. That's important because it's actually the beginning of the section after the one we're going to talk about. And you're going, wait a minute. What do you want to read the section after what you're going to talk about? Because the section we're going to talk about leads to that admonition. That you have to be wise in the world, be evaluating and thinking. Why, pray do you have to be like that? Well, let's read the section. Jesus sent out I'm sorry, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them. If you want to know who these 12 are, read the beginning of the chapter. It's Matthew 10, it'll do you good. So what's the instruction He gives them? Do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. that should bring a question up in your brain right away. Why? Why can't we go to the Gentiles and the Samaritans? Why are we going to Israel? Well, for starters, that's where the mission was always supposed to begin. Right. This is this is what Jesus is doing. He's, I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. That's the beginning point. You're going to a people who have some sort of a foundation to understand this message. Right. To go out into the world and say, the Christ has come to save you from your sins.
1: Well, well they were God's covenant people at the time.
0: Oh, I know that. But imagine going out yeah. into the Roman world and saying, the Christ has come to save you from your sins. You'd be like, what? You'd be like, what? what's of the Christ? Right. Well, first of all, what's of the Christ? And second of all, save me from what sins? What, what's a sin? Why do I need to be saved from them? And how is that guy going to do this? See, I have so many questions that this message doesn't make any sense. Right. But the Israelite can now go, oh, the Messiah is here. The fulfillment of all of the promises, the work that is being accomplished. Jesus was actually trying to make their job a little bit easier for them. Now, Christian, you may be wondering, but I'm stuck going out to the Gentiles and the Samaritans. Yes, yes, you are. But short of you being a missionary in some far-flung country, you are doing it in a culture that actually has some understanding of right and wrong, good and evil, up and down, left and right. And you know that they do because your Bible tells you as much. This is part of the work that the Spirit has accomplished. This is part of the common grace that God has provided. Mm -hmm. This has also been part of the common grace that has been provided in this country and in Western civilization as a whole. (laughs) <laughs> mini heart attack as the bag falls over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this is part of the common grace of Western civilization, is that it is built upon a Christian foundation. What most people don't, don't pay attention to is what's happening often in culture is either the rejection of or surrender to that foundation. So when people talk about, well, I'm a political conservative, what does that mean? It means you're trying to conserve the ideas that have proven to be good and right and faithful to the foundation as they have worked. When someone says, well, I want to be a progressive, well, that means you think that the foundation is no good and you need to progress beyond that foundation.
1: That's interesting. I've never never thought about that, but I, I think it, it's also subjective to the time in, that we live in, and when you say mm-hmm. that you're a conservative or oh, I know, a, but, a, or but at their core,
0: that is what yeah. these ideologies are attempting to do. Right. When someone says I'm a libertarian, mm-hmm. what they're really saying is, doesn't matter what foundation you hold to, as long as you leave me alone.
1: You're free to believe what yeah. you want. Or as do what you I want. will follow as long my foundation.
0: I, I don't care what your foundation is, as long as your foundation doesn't impose on. My foundation. Right. I have a lot of sympathies towards that mindset. Yeah, me too. And and so when you when you're dealing with these political air quotes spectrums, what you're dealing with is how faithful or unfaithful are they being to the biblical foundation that has underwritten Western civilization for the better part of a millennia.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. You 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 qualified it. You know yeah. you you. you the biblical foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk even to an average believer who maybe, go to, maybe they go to church every week, maybe they don't. Maybe they attend a Bible study every week. How often do they actually pick the Bible up and read it? It's, it's, it's stunning to find out that they don't.
0: Well, because and so
1: when 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 we talk about these biblical foundations, sometimes they're not aware of them.
0: We're the guys we're telling you. Look, what should your everything in your life should be justified by what you should be able to have. You should have a Bible verse somewhere, right? Right. And I don't mean like the coffee cup verses. You should have a like biblical. One of Nehemiah, th- right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm getting warmed up, yes. guys. Ne- I- I'm poking.
0: We we we, we need, I I need a Nehemiah 13 t-shirt. Picture of some Coffee stick figure. Cup, t-shirt. Picture of some stick figure guy ripping out some dude's beard and punching him in the eye. <laughs> I that would be a good t-shirt. Yes. See that would be a conversation. That would be a conversation starter right there. <laughs> Why do you have stick figure violence on your shirt? Come a little closer where I can reach you and you'll find out. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: This is my life verse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, anyway. Same idea is going on here. Watch this. We're going to come full circle. You ready? Mm-hmm. Jesus is allowing them to go out initially into a culture that should have a framework for understanding what incarnation they're actually talking uh,
1: about. I see where you're going with this. Yep.
0: So, Christian, you live in that world. Right. Don't ever forget that. Will you have to do some explaining in the pagan mindset? Yes, always. Just as the apostles and the, and the, and the, and the ones that are being sent out would have to do some explaining. But at the same time, there is a, fi- a final foundation that you should be able to drill down to. Why am I telling you that? As you go, preach. Saying what? The kingdom of heaven is at ham. Is at ham. I'm hungry, apparently. is at hand. <laughs> <coughs> I have turkey for dinner, too. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff for the worker is worthy of the support. All right, time out. Why are you doing this work? It's not for your benefit. Mm-hmm. It's for the people's benefit, the right. ones you are proclaiming to. You should be traveling how? Lightly. Yeah. We got things to do. There's yeah. a sense of urgency going on.
1: Well, not only that, but they're, they're having to depend upon yes. the Holy Spirit you know, to guide them. And, and for the people who accept
0: The Spirit's going to do the miracles on their behalf. Mm-hmm. The Spirit is going to do the miracles on the people's behalf. Right, Healing the sick, raising the dead, providing for the messengers. This, is, this would be a confirmation to both sides of the equation. Absolutely. Remember, Pentecost hasn't come yet. Right. These, these disciples need a ton of encouragement, an absolute ton of it, that them being provided for would be an encouragement. Hey, right. this is working. This is being accomplished. Stuff's being done. This is awesome. Now, Christian. Excuse me, I'm not telling you to go clean out the children's ward at the hospital. You don't get the apostolic gifts here. Sorry, it just is what it is. However, you are still dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit. Your call, as we've always said, is to remain faithful and trust that God is the one who will be fruitful. You can't make anything. This is one of the things we've lost in culture, is we think, well, if we get the right person elected, if we get the right policy enacted, then what will we have? we'll have the right outcomes and society will be a better place. Yeah. No. That's not how it works. No, so. the people are still broken. Mm-hmm. So what do we have to do? We have to proclaim truth, proclaim the message. I mean, think about this. This is the message that you're proclaiming. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message.
1: Well, it's has followed by these signs.
0: Yeah. Because no, they again, were all looking for that. But that's the message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is why I've said this before. I love Ray Comfort videos. Okay. Because he just goes out to the middle of, you know, like, pagan California.
1: mm <laughs> I, I watch him all the time, so and I, he, I he love watching him. he just sticks a him.
0: microphone in their face and be like, you're a sinner. I mean, that's, ba- that's basically his shtick, right? Is like, you're, a, you're an adulterous murderer and you know it, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they say, well, I don't believe in God. Yeah, you do. That's the equivalent of going out and saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's not proving this to you because you know. And he knows. And he knows that you know that he knows. So why are we playing this game? Let's just let's get to the point here and let's figure out who, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Because that's what we are caring about. That's what we do in the world. That's what changes hearts and minds. That's what, air quotes, makes society better. It's not that the society has gotten better. The people in the society have gotten better because of the proclamation of the gospel, thereby living in accordance with the commands and precepts of God, thereby, as Eric Clapton once sang about, change the world. (laughs) The great prophet Eric Clapton. I love Eric Clapton music, yeah. Good old slow hands. Yeah. So let's continue. Whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. If it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I always wonder what that exactly looks like. Because if I'm not blessing you, then am I, Am I? I? Rem- if I'm removing the blessing, aren't I actively... Cursing. Cursing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think they've already brought it on themselves, but yeah.
0: <laughs> the great prophet Cartman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. Um, I lost my place. Whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable, tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day. I'm sorry, in the day of judgment than for that city. Mm. <clears throat> That's a yo. That's an ouch right there, isn't it? Pretty scary place to be. They won't greet you. They won't listen to you. Turn around, walk out, curse the place, and God will rain fire on them one day. Mm. Well, that escalated quickly. I mean, that's a "do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars." And now, the reason I'm bringing this up. From the outside, are right, you ready? We're gonna we're gonna do our imagination station game. You ready? Okay. All right. So Lou, you will you will represent the people. Okay. So I want you to imagine if you would. There, here's our window. You ready? So we're looking out the window. You can't see this, but Lou can see it before you. So can see it for you. So it's good. All right. So out the window, you are looking at the house. Okay. And Peter has entered the house, and he has inquired about staying there and preaching the gospel and performing this great work, and they have kind of scorned at him a little bit. You know, he has walked into the courtyard, he has pronounced a blessing of peace on them, and asked if he could stay. And they basically told him, you know, go away, you dirty, rotten, evil Christian. I mean, you know, in in first century paraphrase. Okay. Now, Peter, hearing that, says, fine, I don't bless peace upon this house. As a matter of fact, I curse this dwelling. And he turns around, shakes out his cloak, and walks away. All right, you've seen all that, right? Yep. Is Peter a nice guy? He's shrewd. Would you, from the outside looking in, think that Peter was nice to those people? No.
1: No, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to be nice.
0: Is Peter trying to convince them of something? Not yet. I mean, at all. At any, no. at any point in this interaction, is Peter trying to convince mm-hmm. them of something? No. Nope. Is he trying to win friends and influence people? no change their minds soften their hearts plant a seed is he trying to do any of that
1: no he's all business
0: he's here to proclaim the gospel if you're here to listen sit down shut up and you know pay attention if you're not here to listen get behind me Satan. Mm. that's basically where we're at here isn't it
1: okay yeah yeah
0: now That's why that leads into our next verse, where where we started. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. This is where we kind of got a little bit bogged down last week. You're living in a world that is so messed up. It is so broken. It's trying to lie to you. It's trying to steal from you. It's trying to corrupt you. And you have to deal with it. Can you walk around... Like, in sackcloth and ashes, eating your locusts and honey for breakfast. And you're, like, just proclaiming that every sin that you see around you is sending people to hell. And function in the world.
1: Uh, You'll get canceled in the first five seconds.
0: Even if you're not canceled, could you actively function like that?
1: Probably not.
0: Could you keep a job?
1: Oh, definitely not.
0: I mean, we already know you wouldn't have any friends. Would you be able to make a living?
1: Uh, probably not. It'd be difficult. Yeah. You
0: know, would your bank eventually cancel your accounts and all? So, I mean, you can't be, like, John the Baptist turned up to 11 all the time. Mm. No. Conversely.
1: He was called to be like that.
0: Though. Agreed. Yeah. And that's where I think we mess up, is we think if I'm not doing that, then I'm not being, you know, super Christian and I'm a bad person. But conversely, can you not be dialed up to 11, but can you be dialed down to zero where anything goes?
1: Well, in our society, I think we see that 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 fluctuation. Well, You're yeah, either... but,
0: but hey, no, 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 don't get ahead of me yet. All right, all right, go ahead. Can you be dialed all the way down to zero and just be like, whatever you guys do is fine with me. I'm not going to call anything a sin. I'm just going to live my life, put my head down and be okay. Yeah. I, see, yeah. Well, I mean, she, no, Empowered by the Holy Spirit as a believer in Christ, walking well, then, in this no. world. No, you can't live not. like that. No, you know. can't you can't live on both sides of that scale.
1: Well, as long as you, you clarify it with those parameters. Yes, I I realize that. Yeah. I'm
0: like, don't take me too literally now. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. Well, you are absolutely right. We see it today right. in our culture. Right now, I agree. Now, and like what would that. we say about those people? What would you and I both say about those shame. people? Shame. Not only shame, but are they actually Christian? They're not exactly.
1: Right, they're nominal. If you, In, can't say,
0: if you can't say sin is sin, then don't, don't come to me with Joel Osteen sermons and tell me you're a Christian. I, I have no time for that. Yeah, you can got blinky, no time for that. Get Blinky out of my way. That's, that's what I call him because the, the, the blinking thing just drives yeah. me insane. Yeah, yeah, he God looks wants so to fake. give you double. Just sit down, shut up, and, and get out of my way. Okay. Now, so we can't be at 11. We can't be at zero. So let's just say you have managed to live your life. You're at like a four and a half. Okay? just I'm just picking up a number. You're at like a four and a half. You have a group of people that are believers in your life that are discipling you, and you're discipling them, and you're working together, walking the walk the whole bit. You are surrounded by – you work in a secular business. You are surrounded by people who are cheating on their wives and trying to cheat the IRS and doing all this. And as you have opportunity potentially, you know, with really good friends, you would be like, dude, you know, you really don't need to do that, you know – you don't need to be looking at the girl behind the counter. Either. Stop talking to the secretary like that. You got a wife at home. You know, you're doing as you have opportunity with people. You're calling sin sin, and you're 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 walking your walk as best you can. Right? Okay. For sure. We would say that dude's doing good job. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, when that person runs into the person who's say dialed up to a seven, would the person who's dialed up to a seven look at the person who's living at a four and a half and go? You're letting too much slide. You are too much like the culture. Because I think that's what happens quite a bit.
1: Yeah, but I don't know that they, they put it that nicely. Agreed. I, yeah, I think now, it's... conversely,
0: though, doesn't the four and a half look at the seven and be like, fundamentalist?
1: Yeah, who are you to judge me?
0: Yeah, how dare you? Yeah. you you, 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 you got you to be nice to me. So there is room on the scale for how you live. Are either one of those people... This is going to be so postmodern. You ready? Okay. Are either one of those people wrong? If their conscience is clear before God, is either one of them wrong? The four and a half and the seven.
1: There are different places at, at walking in their sanctification. So I, I can see where they're, they would... No, I don't think we could say they're both wrong in the sense that um, the one thinks he's okay and that's and all right to do those things. I think that they recognize that there are places for improvement, whereas the guy that's dialed up a little bit more, he might look down on that, that four and a half and think, man, you need to get with it. You're, you're, you're slipping. You're and back, I would agree. You're backsliding.
0: So th- now this is where iron sharpens iron, and you right. would like to think that two mature believers could sit down and hash that out and maybe the seven on occasion dials it back to five and a half, and maybe the four on occasion dials it up to a six or so and they and they kind of figure out how to live in the world.
1: You would hope that that would be the case, but I think you know you're dealing in terms of you know dialing it up to seven and, or yeah, coming and back the, down completely to five.
0: arbitrary
1: but in in another using another analogy, if you were to walk into a room with a floodlight in your hand and shine it in somebody's face, you're gonna blind them. you're gonna have to turn it down a little bit so that they can. Look at you in the eyes and say, hey, what's going on? You now, know.
0: I like this analogy because right. the whole point of having that floodlight is we're not going to pull any punches. Right. And should that four and a half person pull any punches? No. So when his buddy who's a pagan is doing stuff that's inappropriate, what should he be able to say to his buddy?
1: Hey, this is wrong. Yeah. This
0: is flat out wrong. Yeah. Because I don't need to try to. Now, the guy who's a seven, can he look at somebody who doesn't have a great relationship with and say, dude, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. I would think yes, because this is not about making friends and influencing people. This is about what? Proclaiming truth. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus goes into Galilee preaching what? Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the gospel. This has been the message. You brood of vipers. I mean, every single time when we see sin, we say what? Sin.
1: Well, you know, he started with... His people. He started cleaning house and that's, first.
0: And that's important, too, because they can go into Israel and say, sin, repent of sin, and there's a meaning to it. Yeah. Which is, again, why I like the Ray Cumber videos, because he's like, don't murder. Well, hatred is murder. Don't commit adultery. Well, lust is adultery. You're a sinner. And you know what everybody immediately goes? Well, I don't believe that such a thing. Yeah, you do and let's keep moving because we know that that common grace exists and we know that that common experience is real in the world. Yeah. Now is is Ray a jerk?
1: No. No, he, he's is a he very tr- caring and genuine individual. I think that's Is a- he
0: trying to go out of his way to not offend people? Also no.
1: No, I don't think so. He's
0: just proclaiming the truth. He's proclaiming it straight in your yeah. face and he's done here. Now, why am I having this conversation? I don't know. Tell me. (laughs) Let's read it. I I don't know either. That's why I was asking. No, (laughs) It's going to be one of those days. If I had to put a name on this era of right-wing Christian politics, we're off to a good start, aren't we? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If I had to put... Oh, I just lost my spot. The the tablet's fighting with me. If I had to put a name on this era of right-wing Christian politics, it would be The Great Rationalization. As the right has become more cruel, malicious, and dismissive of character, some Christian thinkers have been willing not just to excuse this transformation, but to affirm it as deeply virtuous. Now, if that were actually a thing, I would have no problems with it. Neither would I. The problem you have here from the very beginning is this understanding of right-wing Christian politics. A pox upon the house of anyone who thinks that's a good idea. Hmm. Just like there's no such thing as left-wing Christian politics. There is politics informed by Christian principle. It has no wing. It simply is. You may try to find another label to put upon it. Mm -hmm. Right is right. Wrong is wrong your politics should be informed by the work of the Holy Spirit and the transformation of the gospel and your grounding upon Scripture. If it is not, that is not a right-wing or left-wing position. That is a righteousness versus sin position. You're either right or you're wrong.
1: Yeah, that's that's a pretty good definition. I I like that.
0: So a air-quote left-wing Christian who says, I don't like abortion, but I understand it as a plank of the Democratic Party. That's sinful. It's just flat-out sinful. You can't support the murder of people and say it's a political position. Right. Conversely, the air quotes right-wing Christian politician who sits there and says, well, I don't care about the character of the people I elect right. as long as they get things done. That's not a tenable position either. That is sinful. Right. You're electing a representative. You need to take the character of the people that you're empowering seriously because you've been given an opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. Likewise to sit there and say, my country is the only thing that matters. Sinful. It's not a nationalistic position. That's a ridiculous position. The gospel is what matters. That is where we hang our hat. So the reason I say all that is because if you have erred to one side or the other too far in that area, what would you and I both say about that person? Is that a Christian?
1: That's yes, definitely not.
0: Because they've put something else in the place that God should occupy. Right: End of discussion. So uh, let's yeah. continue. Yeah. Drill down into any of these rationalizations, and you'll find the same theme repeated time and again. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Those who don't understand the present crisis or the necessity of change tactics are simply not men for the moment. Oh my. Dun, 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 dun. A good example of the genre was published this week in First Things. The piece is called How I Evolved on Tim Keller. (laughs) There's a lot of people who I think have evolved on Tim Keller. I'm sure. And its author, First Things Associate Editor James Wood, makes all the familiar arguments, though more civilly than most. Wood takes pains to compliment and note Keller's immense and positive influence on him personally and on the church collectively. He calls him a C.S. Lewis for the postmodern world. Yeah, I, I didn't understand
1: that. I didn't I don't see that in
0: Tim. Well, and I'm not a huge CS Lewis person because my problem that so many people have done with CS Lewis is CS Lewis's biggest work is Mere Christianity. Right. And it is just that. It's an introduction to the bare bones of Christianity. Of it is not a systematic theology and too many apologists and theologians have tried tr- have tried to treat it as if it were and too many evangelicals have tried to treat an Anglican who was... Didn't, didn't Lewis become Catholic at the end?
1: That I don't remember. I know he dealt with a lot of hardships and pain and At the loss. very worst,
0: he's an Anglican who's very sympathetic to Catholicism.
1: Yeah, but through and, it all, he kept a, a very positive, yeah, but, faithful... But,
0: but too many evangelicals give too much of that aspect of his theology too much of a pass because lewis held to mere christianity and he should he wrote the book i get it i get it yeah but that's not the standard we use but he goes on to inform us that he has turned elsewhere for guidance in our contemporary political moment which i would say good Mm -hmm. because anybody who can get along with the culture of new york city and thrive i worry about and i'll let you take that how you will In short, it's because my friend Tim shuns political tribalism, emphasizing a third way between red and blue, and strives in Wood's words to be winsome, missional, and gospel-centered in his approach. Wood says that Tim recognizes that though the gospel is unavoidably offensive, we must work hard to make sure people are offended by the gospel itself rather than our personal, cultural, and political derivations. I don't have a huge problem with that. I that I also don't want a middle way between red and blue. I, yeah, don't, I right. don't want a middle way. Right. I want the way. Right. I want the way that stands on truth. Again, we've talked about this before. When politicians right. I don't like do something I do like, you know what I should be able to say? Good job. Good job. Yeah. When politicians I do like do things I don't like, you know what I should be able to say? What was wrong with That you? was terrible. Yeah. What, what That's that not for? a third way. That's being more faithful to Christ than to my politics. Right, right which again is why I say there's no such thing as left-wing Christian politics and right-wing Christian politics. There is merely politics informed by Christianity or not. And this is, where, this is where something we talked about last week is important. The nature of politics is not supposed to be a zero-sum game. It is an avenue of compromise and work with opposite-spectrum ideas, if that makes any sense i don't want to raise taxes you don't want to you know i don't i can't even think of anything right now like you want this new program i don't want to raise the taxes and so blah 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 we work together you don't get everything you want i don't get everything i want compromise the problem we've had is because christians tried to change the culture through politics and the culture has always tried to change the gospel through politics we're fighting a proxy war over the wrong things So we're saying the ends justify the means because we think that it is the government's job to influence our culture rather than the other way around. Our government is broken because our culture is broken, and our culture is broken because – wait for it – our people are broken. The fix for that is not to change the politicians, to fix the government, to fix the culture, to fix the people. Mm-hmm. It's, to change the heart. it's to change the heart, to fix the people that will then change the culture, which will then fix the government. See, it, we are going about this the wrong way. I, I, I am sympathetic to the problem here, which says the argument is being had in the wrong way. Right. I am not sympathetic to the idea that the primary goal of the Christian in culture is to be polite.
1: It's hard to do that when when there's an absolute morality and an exclusiveness to, to salvation.
0: And they reject it.
1: Right, and they reject it.
0: Again, what was the call? As you're going out in this world, be wise and innocent. And when you're rejected, bring the curse of God and walk away. That's... I don't know if you can do that nicely. Hmm. We don't want to hear your fancy Bible preaching. You guys have a nice day going to hell. I'll see you later. I mean, that doesn't... I don't think that translates. No.
1: You, well, I think it sounds a lot like, I mean, we were we were expounding upon 3.16, John 3.16, and, 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 and the scripture all around it, and, and it talked about people who don't believe and they are already judged. And so, I think when Peter shakes the dust from his feet and walks away, he's reminding them of this judgment that they've brought on themselves. And that's
0: necessary. Yeah. That's necessary. That's part of the work, is... Calling a spade a spade, Mm -hmm. and reminding people that if you do not repent and trust in Christ, your sin remains upon you.
1: Right. But there's always that, you know, people, their consciences have been seared in some cases, and they don't have that moral compass.
0: In some way, though, but Mm -hmm. some way the the way the bomb is applied to that burned flesh Mm -hmm. is the reminder of judgment. Right. Isn't that the message? Isn't that what Jesus brought to the Pharisees and their seared conscience? You're leading people to hell. Stop it. Yeah. You're going to be—your people that you're leading are going to be twice the sons of hell as you.
1: Oh, boy, yeah. Well,
0: what gets lost in that is, what did he just call them? Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally calls them broods of vipers, whitewashed tombs. Sepulchers,
1: I mean, yeah, whitewashed sepulchers, yeah.
0: These are not nice things to say. I mean, Paul's telling the Galatians, if these people won't listen, tell them to go castrate themselves. I mean, my goodness. We're talking about brutal honesty unconcerned with being mean or rather unconcerned with being nice I've said this before truth is neither kind nor cruel it simply is typically the way you feel about truth is determined not by the truth but by where you stand on it
1: right where you're standing in, in and whether presence. or not
0: you're standing with it or in front of it being yeah. run over yeah. well, if I'm standing with it I think that truth is very kind Right. If it's about to run me down like a train wreck, then I think it's very cruel that you have said that about me. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? You know, it's the old joke when your wife looks at you. Do these pants make me look fat? Ooh. No, your fat makes you look fat. <laughs> oh, that would be the wrong question to ask you, wouldn't it? <laughs> it is. My <laughs> wife will vouch. <laughs> how does this look? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm snow shovel to the face guy. Why? Because it's true. Don't ask me questions you don't want to know the answers to. Right we need more of that, not less of that in the world. We need more of standing in the culture and going, even if you're even go back to my bad analogy from earlier, even if you're that dude at four and a half, your pagan buddy, who's trying to chat up the waitress at lunch to cheat on his wife, needs you to look at him and go, come on, man, you got a wife and kids. What are you doing? He needs that. He may not like it, but he needs it because you know it's wrong. And he knows it's wrong. You know why it's wrong. He may not know why it's wrong. You know who's going to explain it to him? You are. Yeah. How and when? When we get to the place where we're actually talking about what the problem is. Right. Because when he, once you hit him with that in the face, the, if, if he doesn't storm off, which if he does, that's fine. You know what? Yelp and dog, you know which one you hit with the rock, right? hmm Well, man, this is what's going on at home and blah, blah, blah. Now what are we doing? Now we can start bringing some gospel truth in there. Now we can disciple on how to raise children, on how to have a healthy marriage, on how to respect. We can actually bring some light. We can take that spotlight that we walked in, shined at the floor, and do what with it? Ding! Right in the face. Right in the face. And let's, let's shoot this puppy and figure out what's going on. That's a terrible phrase. Don't shoot puppies. <laughs> For sure. But that's, that's what needs to be done. Why will that be accomplished? Because you were willing to be mean you were willing to be truthful you weren't sitting there going Dave Carlos is such a wonderful woman how could you possibly imagine doing such a thing I want to be your friend and help you through this if Dave doesn't slap you I will (laughs) wow yeah (laughs) You can't be winsome all the time. Yeah, you can't be everybody's friend. You can't, you, you can't sound like the guidance counselor that I had in high school. She always had that wonderful monotone. And if we started ignoring her because we didn't care about anything she said, she would look at you and go, children, children, give me your eyes. Give me your eyes. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends couldn't take anymore. He's like, no, you can't have them. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> But it it, it creeped us out. I'm like, does this woman overdose on Xanax every morning? Because she would would walk into the classroom and she would talk to you just like this. And she would explain to you that the deadline to fill out your FAFSA forms is quickly approaching. And if you don't fill them, in, it's like, oh, my goodness, would you get a personality? You can't live like that. You can't be blinky. And, you know, God wants to give you double and everything's going to be all right if you'll just listen to me. And you need to be honest and truthful. And that starts with you proclaiming the message as God has put you in an opportunity to do so. You can't be nicer than Jesus. It it doesn't work, and it never has worked. And this argument that says that your tone is the most important thing annoys me to no end.
1: Yeah, I don't know that that has anything to do with it in some cases. I mean, if you're dealing with an animal, maybe. um, (laughs) But But, I'm
0: not trying to talk down a velociraptor. I'm talking to a supposedly rational human being that has the law imprinted on his heart. And this becomes the issue. Now, so I'm gonna, let me continue because this is
1: – Yeah, right. There's a lot left here. Wood
0: claims Keller's approach was perfectly suited for the so-called neutral world. See, I would argue against Wood here, though, because I would actually agree with this piece here that there was never a neutral world. Right. There was a world that was maybe closer to understanding the foundation, but it was never neutral. But the negative world is a different place. Now, I would agree that we are in a vastly negative world now. Yes, we are. Rejecting the foundations, trying to move beyond them. Wood says, tough choices are increasingly before us. Offense is unavoidable, and sides will need to be taken on very important issues. He's absolutely right. My only concern is I want those sides to be taken how? Based on the truth of the gospel. That's not to say that the world was worse and is now getting better. It is to say that the narrative of cultural decline is not nearly so simple. Yes, it is. The First Amendment is more potent than it's ever been. No, it isn't. Cancel culture on the right and left are evidence of a cultural retreat from free speech, which means the First Amendment is not more powerful than it's ever been. Declines in divorce, abortion, teen sex, and single parenting indicate a turn towards more traditional lifestyle choices. No, they don't. No, they don't. Declines in divorce exist because declines in marriage also exist. Declines in abortion exist because we have the rise of the incel, the people who literally just aren't having sex, partly because they're not getting married. Decreases in teen sex, same reason. Single parenting because fewer people are having kids. None of these are cultural positives. These are all cultural negatives. Believe it or not, having to worry about teen sex is actually a sign of a healthier culture. Okay. I'm not saying teen sex is good. No, I know. I'm saying having to worry about teen sex is actually a sign of a healthier culture than a culture that has no worry about it. See, our culture has less worry about teen sex now because there is nobody having sex, because nobody is dating, nobody is getting married. It's just a broken culture that doesn't form relationships. That's Mm. a problem. The worry about teen sex... 30 years ago and 20 years ago when I was a teenager was because the thought was you're actually dating. You're actually engaged in relationships. You're actually forming connections to other human beings. And when teenage men and teenage women form connections with each other, you know what they typically try to do? (laughs) (laughs) You just said it. Yeah. Connections. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're forming mental, emotional, and physical, physical connections. Right, sure. That's actually somewhat of a symbol of a healthy culture that's moving towards its concept of relationship and healthy, maturing adulthood. Now, again, I'm not arguing that teen sex is good. I'm just arguing that the fact that you need to be concerned about it is actually a sign that you've done something a little bit right. Make sense? Yes. Hopefully I've been clear on that. I'll get. If not, send me the angry emails. I can take it. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Yet the controversy over transgender athletes indicates that the definition of man and woman is now a subject to furious debate. Oh my goodness, yes. Which is dumb, but also showing that traditional culture is not on the rise, it is on the decline. This complexity applies even to the documented increasingly... Hostility, I'm sorry, increasing hostility between America's competing political tribes. After all, increasing partisan animosity is unquestionably mutual. They hate us, well, we hate them just as much. When it comes to negative partisanship, neither side has clean hands. If we truly live in a negative world, then Christians helped make it negative. See, I would argue because Christians didn't help make it negative, cultural Christians, which are non believers, helped make it negative. Why? Because I think too many Christians identified on a spectrum rather than identified by truth, thereby not bringing the truth to bear in the public square, and trying to allow government and cultural factors to change people.
1: I think there's too much compromise, and I don't think there's enough um, coming to the table and actually talking about what you know. What can we do to make this better well, instead
0: see, of? I'm going to disagree with you. You ready? Okay. I actually think part of the problem is there's not enough compromise at the political level.
1: Well, not not at the cultural level. Let me clarify. We compromise as Bible-believing Christians with the worldly factions, whatever left or right they may be, and just allow them to have their way.
0: Now I agree with you. Yeah. In other words, in an effort to— Win friends and influence people. Yeah. We've been unwilling to shake the dust off our feet, proclaim the curses of God, right. and stand on truth. Right. And that's created what? It has is, it is taken the pagan and gone, you know, these Christians are such nice people. We should respect them and listen to them and live the way they want us to. Or it has taken the pagan and gone, look at these doormats, let's kick them again. Yeah. And that's, yeah. What, you've, that's what you've gotten. So if you yeah. want examples of that, you know there's only one baker in all of Colorado, right? Like the whole state of Colorado only has one guy who makes wedding cakes.
1: <laughs> I get it. Yeah, well, of
0: course. Because they keep going back to him. Why do they keep doing that? Because they want to run him out of town. And they think eventually if they go back enough times, they're eventually going to win. Because eventually the Christians are going to give up. Government's going to do what we want. Because there's not been a history of anyone stopping just the constant march. Why? Because there's been no compromise at the political level. And there has been compromise at the foundational level. So I think you're right. The Christian has compromised and compromised and gone along and sat down and shut up and equivocated and allowed, whereas the political proxies, seeing that, have seen no valid reason to compromise. Therefore, they just push and push and push. Mm -hmm. One side pushes, the other side surrenders. One side pushes, the other side surrenders. The other side never stands up and forces a compromise. Any compromise at the political level would have changed the flow of that. Yeah. It's, it just
1: seems like the only people compromising are the Christians. And,
0: and the problem and, and is, run
1: over like a mag, who's a the truck? one
0: people that shouldn't be compromising in anything? Yeah, it's us. It should be the Christian. Yeah. And this is why I said last week that I could understand the Christian politicians saying, personally, I would never do this, but politically, I'm going to give them this. I, w- I can understand that because mm-hmm. that, at that level of societal function— there has to be give and take in order for the society to function.
1: Right. And, and one of the things that I, I was under no allusion, disillusion to is the fact that this, this incessant uh, right to have the choice to do what they want with their body is nothing more than a religious choice. And, and they've come out. They've come out and they've said this is a sacred right. Sacred. That's religious speak.
0: It is. So, but they're able to get to that point because right. they have been able to push and push and push, and the Christian the Christian terminology has not been. Look, even to this day, um, the ERLC, who I'm forever lambasting, signed off on a letter that opposed—whose state was it? Was it Louisiana? I don't remember now. I'm sorry. I think it was Louisiana. Their anti-abortion legislation right. because it wants to criminalize— abortion as it should well when they say criminalize they mean if you're a woman who has an abortion they want to charge you with murder there you go the erlc national right to life say no 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 the women who abort their babies are victims no they're not maybe maybe they are but you know what will determine that a criminal investigation Mm -hmm. a murder has occurred you know who we investigate the murderer everyone yeah everyone (laughs) everyone you it, were there yeah. when it happened. You know what you are? Accomplice a suspect.
1: Or a <laughs> I mean,
0: seriously. Yeah. The police show up, Dave is lying dead on the floor with a knife in his back. There's five people in the room. How many suspects do we have? 5. How many how many people do we investigate? All 5. Now, if we find out that you were an innocent victim and you didn't do it, but someone did it to you, do we charge you? No, you're an innocent victim here. We find the guy who did it, and we charge them. So are there women who are raped and railroaded or they're having an affair and some, and, and they, are, they are victims, quote unquote, of the abortion. Do those women exist?
1: Yeah yeah, I guess sure. Yeah. I mean,
0: when will that be determined uh, at the end of a criminal yeah. investigation? Yeah. I have no issues with that. but most of our leadership air quotes has a problem with that. They think that's a bridge too far. That's the compromise you're talking about. That's taking the winsome approach and trying to win over these mothers. You don't win over these mothers by treating them with kid gloves. You win them over by saying sin is sin. I sat there at the um, Southern Baptist Convention last summer, and they Mm -hmm. tried to bring a resolution that would have condemned all abortion all the time as murder. And one of the people that went up to speak for the – basically the author of the resolution had with him a woman who had had an abortion and sat there and said she knows that she has murdered her child and she has asked for forgiveness from God. And it's like that language was shocking because who talks like that? Because we've been conditioned by our air quotes leadership that we don't – women who have an abortion don't talk like that. They've made a difficult choice. No, they didn't. They killed somebody. And to have that open honesty was good because it actually, one, points to the grace and mercy found in Christ, and two, calls a sin a sin. Mm. Because we've been unwilling to do that because we've tried to be winsome and approachable, we have not stood for truth, and therefore there is no compromise to be had because we're not actually demanding anything. The culture has no reason to compromise with us because what are we asking them to do? Nothing. Exactly. See the problem here?
1: Absolutely. You're not going to, well, I think the Holy Spirit is the one that actually wins spirits, wins souls. Agreed. Okay? So, but you're not going to win somebody for Christ by being somebody who compromises on all moral aspects. Well, it's okay. You can do that.
0: No, and again, what do you do? When When sin is there and it is unrepentant, you shake the dust off your feet, you pronounce the curse of God, and you do what? You move on to the next thing. Just like, again, no matter how fired up you are, you do that according to who you are, according to how you know the person and how that works, and you live your life right. guided by the Spirit.
1: I think we had uh, a series on, uh, what was it, church discipline, Michael, that, w- that we talked about. We
0: went through that. It's been a while. You have to yeah. go dig it. it. It should be titled, you know, you, could, you should probably be able to search discipline and find it, though. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, if we're talking to another believer and they're into they're the wrong, you know, what do the Scriptures say? You go to him, you confront him. If he doesn't believe you, you go get another witness, you go back and you confront him again. And if he doesn't believe you, then he gets put out.
0: Mm -hmm. Treat him like an unbeliever.
1: Treat him like an unbeliever. Yeah, shake the dust of your
0: feet and move along. But again, we look at that and go, that's not nice. No, but you know what it is? It's
1: not nice to watch somebody walking in sin and and, and heading for that that road that's paved with good intentions, but heading to hell.
0: From a cultural perspective, it isn't nice. No, if you love me,
1: tell me the truth.
0: But it's true. Right. It's true, and it's right, and it's good, and which means I don't care if it's nice according to the world standard. I care if it's right, because yeah. everything that I do should be grounded in who? Christ, and it should be built upon his foundation that he has given in his word. So in other words, everything that you do should be built upon. Give me a Bible first. And sometimes it is Nehemiah 13.25. Sometimes they don't need a, Brothers, you need to separate yourself from the culture, and you need to walk in accordance. Sometimes they... Stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some, well, sometimes you need the when in doubt, get a bigger Bible.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, John the Baptist told Herod, it's okay to marry your brother's wife, but only after she, or yeah. he is dead. Yeah, you can't. That, that, that got him killed. Yeah,
0: what you've done is wrong. Stop right. it.
1: But he, but, <laughs> but he did it anyway.
0: And he's right. And right. you know what? That isn't that, Now you know why you're called to stand up under trials, to right. bear difficulties, to walk faithfully. Because the world isn't going to like you.
1: Right. Who cares? But we shouldn't love our lives more than we love Amen. the truth. Amen.
0: So, does that put a nice little bow on things? Yes. I yes, think so, too. Very good. What have we learned here today, children? The world is not good. The world will not change, at least not without the Holy Spirit. And our call is found in Christ. You can't find it anywhere else. You can't live for anything else. You can't use anything else. You have your orders. You have your foundation. Walk accordingly. Absolutely. And, until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.